saw the advertisement with me being on there, and she subscribed to you. I never even knew. A word? She said, you want to be a superpower? I was like, yeah. Oh, Brandon, bless her heart. I am. She was like, go ahead. I was like, mm, okay. Bless her heart. That's yeah, so nice. I don't know if she's tuning in, but she subscribed to me, though. That's what's up. See? Awesome. All right, I'm just waiting for the uh, notification so I can go ahead and start putting up the link. Oh, okay. I just got the notification. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. Okay. And we are live. Okay. So technically, this is your second time because initially you were on with Nick. Nick. And uh, and I chatted with you guys on the phone, too. That's right. The phone combo was pretty deep. And I, and you kind of like revealed a little layer of yourself, and I was like, "Whoa, the sisters, yeah." <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> so, how how are you? You good? Life is good. Yeah, I mean, easy breezy. I just work, and I just be at home. Or I go to the gym, grocery store. I do like old lady stuff. I don't know what that is because I I. I that means so, you're a homebody pretty much, right? Yeah. Okay. Introvert all the way. Okay. For years. Um, you're originally from Brooklyn. Yes. Brooklyn, Flatbush. Well, right. I left young. I was in Staten Island, then Virginia. So Brooklyn raised me to, I think I was probably maybe 10. I don't, I can't remember. I uh-huh. have a short-term memory with past, but Brooklyn, Staten Island, Virginia, now North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, let me ask you, what is the perception of women from Brooklyn? Because I know there's perception of women from Queens and the Bronx. What, in, in your idea, what should the average person take away, say, you know, when you say you're from a certain borough? What, what is it about Brooklyn women, per se? I would say because New York is a lot more tough to grow up in. Um, women are a lot more strong, stronger. Now, I'm not saying nowhere else women are strong, but I'm just saying women, the outlook of women is in New York is real tough, almost like man-like. But that's not all. Everybody just has a strong persona that you have no choice. That's just everybody's energy. It was just big energy. Everybody just had to be extra strong, especially if you're coming from the streets or coming from a certain, you know, mm-hmm. way of life. Yeah. I mean, it's going to make you. Everywhere is like that, though. So you, you wore Tim's in the wintertime? No, actually, I don't. I don't even own any Tim's. What? No, I don't. I wore them back in the days when I was young, though, but I haven't worn a pair of Tim's in like 20 years. Sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so if you came without revealing too much, um, what's your upbringing and how it shaped or led you down the path of who we who I'm talking to today? Or was it a, a hodgepodge of this and this and that, your travels, things, things of that nature? Well, it went from me being a little girl adopted at two by my aunt you know, without all the extras. And then 
was fine at first, then the crack era came in. You know, that was the party time because she, she was a photographer, she was an artist, she used to take pictures of New York City in helicopters. I mean, she was big, like, give you Diana Ross energy. And then, then the crack era came in. I mean, the gays was around me at that time growing up. Babysitting. I mean, it was just like, I, I, I just, I don't know anything different. I mean, it was just, they was having fun. And then before you know it, everything just went downhill to welfare hotels and on the street, you know, to being taken off the street, sent to Staten Island to my mother's twin sister. So from my other sister, I lived in New York and she was young, but she was out on her own. So yeah, that's, and then Staten Island got back normal again, pretty much um, in a really nice area with my aunt. All my friends was white and then, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but anyway, then I went to, you know, just had a pretty normal life and then went to Virginia and that's when, you know, the hood stuff started, you know, the nigga shit y'all want to say, you know, baby, early baby, daddies, babies and welfare and nigga shit. Yeah. Well, that's, that's odd that you would say that because I would think you would, you would have encountered that back in, in New York as opposed to Virginia. No. I did not count it at all in New York. I mean, it was just like from the cracker, you know, the results of that was yeah. being in, um, you know, just being uh, displaced, you know, because if they off on drugs, it's a wrap. You know, mm -hmm. the kids are figuring it out on their own, you mm -hmm. know, and then um, Welfare Hotel, and that was a mess. And that's where, you know, just being out on the streets and stuff for a little while. I, I can't really remember so much about it, but I remember, you know, and then being taken from there and um, end up in Staten Island where it kind of got normal till I went to Virginia and then the turbulence started again. <laughs> so was it mainly, it wasn't not so much Virginia, but the people you dealt with in yeah. Virginia. Yeah, it was just the surroundings I, I went to, yeah, which was more street stuff where my mother lived at because that wasn't the best area. <laughs> so I wasn't used to boys and then you know like in New York I didn't have all that fast business and you know uh, I was a tomboy really when I was growing up I was a tomboy running around with the fellas I was not being fast or grown I didn't even have no boyfriends I think really up until I had my son at uh, my son's father at who I met at 14 and he was 18 so when I had my son at 16 he was 20 and, um, yeah, that was the first encounter with boys, really. I mean, you know, on that level, was New York, none of that. It's funny you say that because I was watching Roxanne Shante, and I swear that's the exact same how she met. <laughs> Except he was the drug dealer, the big drug time, and he was, like, my, much older. My son's father. Yeah, yeah wow, wow. Yeah, but it was the South. It wasn't New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I assume it took... An emotional toll on you, and you went through all the the shenanigans and, and whatnot. All the shenanigans, any shenanigan you think about, I went through. What specifically do you take away from that that you carry on day to day, or is it just an experience for you that you just you went through and you're like, I, I lived and learned? Um, I don't even carry any of that stuff with me. I mean, it. I had to go through. The baby daddy experience, um, having kids early, um, fighting, you know, the abuse. Um, what else? You know, uh, 
the parents of him. I mean, because my kids' dads really wasn't street. They put themselves in the street because they came from decent families. Mm -hmm. So that was the character to both of them, you know. And then, um, you know, just going through trying to figure out life, welfare, and just uh, the negativity I got from the families because I was young, having kids or whatever. The you think older black women, and I'm not speaking about all, but there is a section of them that are really not supportive to younger black women and i was not a disrespectful person i'm a very respectful person still still to this day i hold regards and respect for any elders people but for some reason the women in the south wasn't like very loving and supportive and not that they had to be but that's how i am when i meet young women and so they made it a little bit more complicated than what it had to be my son father when my brother he got murdered back in 96 but at that time when he found out that my son's father was fighting hey guys <laughs> I, um he when we found out that I was, he we was he was being abusive he broke us up because i didn't want him to be taken off the planet if you will so i just kind of never told anybody and then when he did find out he just made the call y'all are now broke up so what the kids dad used to do is come and kidnap my son. I opened up the door for him to come see him and he would just snatch him out my arms and take him to his mother's. And then they take me to court. And, you know, it was just a bunch of, and just because he couldn't just be with me and be abusive. So, and, you know, second baby daddy right after him. I didn't even get into all that, but. No, I mean, no, 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 no I'm not yeah, trying to that is yeah. just a whole nother, you know, <laughs> story. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it's odd that you said that the, the Southern women weren't as accompanying as they as they mm -hmm. thought they should be because we always hear the South is very friendly, right. hosp hospitable. No, so do you think they viewed you as competition? Their mothers. This was their mother. I, 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 I would assume because that's weird because you think you would have, I mean, I've, I've come around people that were, supported for their own benefits you know oh you can watch my kids so you can stay because you see you're in this rough patch and you think but it's always beneficial to them mm. you know it was just really negative i would say more than positive now that I, i'm older now and can think about all of it no i didn't meet anybody like myself so, it was so for did did any of that residue carry over into um, any other aspects of your life when you're going through the, the tough times or were you able to kind of part, compartmentalize and be like, I could just put this to the side and deal with what I, I deal with? Of course. Yeah. Because I'm always logical anyway. I don't really run off of emotion so much, even though I am an emotional person, but I'm, I'm always logical first and foremost. And I don't let anybody disrespect me. So I think that it was just me trying to figure out my life when I had my last son um, at 21 and then I started working and just taking those benefits from um, the system. And then I started flipping it into what I need to go do. And I think my first real job was, I think, at the social services. And then I started working at the Federal Reserve Bank. You know, I, I what? Just, you down I, them I, peoples? I Wait, you the reason why this inflation is the way it is? Well, it wasn't okay. my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my fault at all, but... I think that it was because, um, you know, I just had to, in my mind, I just didn't want to be in that type of space, you know, not for long, you know, you can, it's, it's okay to, to build up, but you're supposed to come out of it. And that was always my thought, never to stay there. And I just had to do it pretty much on my own without the support of 
all those black women that was around. I was trying to make it more harder for me. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that women should function from the standpoint of being more logical as opposed to being emotional? Yeah, because you make better decisions. Emotions change. But you know, the, and you could be making a wrong decision out of that emotion. Okay. You have to think about things. And to the women that would give you pushback and say, well, that's not very woman-like or how women would uh, operate. Um, do you say, would you say them operating from a stand, standpoint of logic, it doesn't interfere with them being a woman. They still have their, their space to be emotional. Of course, because you're feminine. You're supposed to be feminine, function out of your femininity. So you're going to be a loving woman, but you still can use your brain first before you start using your emotions. Because like you said, feelings and emotions change. But if you use a logical thought to make a decision, then you pretty much, it, it may be more majority right. Well, you could make it wrong, but you're still trying to think logical about it. Emotions always can have you driven down some crazy path. No, I don't want to do that. I just get away from situations. I get away from people just for my own peace of mind. Okay. Um, let me ask you your views on masculinity. Is it toxic to you? Have you ever seen it as toxic? Do you agree with the term toxic masculinity? As far as men or women? Men, as far as men. Toxic masculinity. Is that a real thing to you when you hear women say that? No. It's either you toxic or you're not, or you just have terrible point of views of life or based off of your life experiences and stuff. But I think anybody mind can change if you have a reasonable conversation and it's not one-sided. What are your views on masculinity? Um, Cause given everything you, you've gone through, it wouldn't, I, I would say you would have the right to, to kind of have a, a, a not so positive outlook on it, but you don't seem to have that. So I'm assuming you still hold masculine uh the frame in, in in the high regard or at least in a positive light yeah of course i mean somebody being toxic or negative doesn't always have to be, it doesn't relate to masculinity it's just a person can be just toxic or you know whatever but that's anybody whether it's masculine or what's the other one beta or whatever mm -hmm. you know it could be anything but masculinity is a man that just stands in his own right but that don't mean he, he's not loving and he's not caring and he's not you know a good person or whatever you know i just don't really think about stuff like that because i love you know i i saw i i know when i meet a genuine wisdomatic woman that is moving in her right energy and i know when i meet a man that's masculine but he's moving in his right energy so let me okay i'm hearing shades of five percent of nation of gods and no. earths none of that mm -mm. none of it and no why none of that None of it. None of it. I was not raised in any of that stuff. I don't even know about it. Okay. So what is your spiritual doctrine or belief system? How, how do you, how do you view the world and the forces that be that operate in it? Well, I know. Oh God. You ask this question. When people say, why do they say spiritual? Well, I am spiritual. And it naturally happened for me based off of spiritual events that I've had in my life that 
that's that side has shown itself to me. So I know it to be real, but that's my personal experiences. Not to go and you know blab it to everybody, sing it to the high waters that this is what you should believe in. This was just a personal experience of my own to realize that it was mess. You know, I was constantly being protected and guided, and I knew these things, stuff that would just happen. But you know, that's another time, another day, another story, stuff like that. So you seem to be in a a good emotional, spiritual place in your life? Yeah, of course. It's, okay. it's always been a, a goal of mine to find peace in my own space and be okay with myself. And I think I got too comfortable in that space, really. <laughs> it's challenging getting in relationships with people because then you just really know what being by yourself in peace is like. And you'd be like, are you even worth being in my energy? Like, there is a person, but, you know, he's experiencing that with me now, really. So is there such thing as being single for too long? Yes, because you get too comfortable, and you don't want to do that. No. Is there a... But, you know, people, everybody's mindsets are so... um, I think the internet and and, uh, the expansion of what I can get now has infiltrated the world of dating really to where devices and phones and everything, everybody's just kind of everywhere. You know, if you're not rock steady in your, in your grounds and how you walk in life and in your integrity and your morals and things, it'll be really complicated to really reach somebody, you know, to connect with somebody because it's really about connection, but people are, their minds are talking about money and what people look like is what's getting in their way really. Okay. Okay. Um, the current state of, of black relationships, man, between man and woman, who's at fault? Who's at fault? Okay, I, I don't remember what, who gets the majority, legit majority of the blame, rightfully so. I think men get the majority of the blame for this uh, thing that happened to black community, you know, to the relationships in regards to everything on the outside that um, had its hands in it, but our people still have to take responsibility for. And I don't think it's just on men. I just think that, you know, so many elements happen to break the home. But at the same time, there's plenty of functioning, beautiful black families. It's just not what you're seeing because that's not the narrative. Right now, everybody wants to be victims, and it's really not about. It's just about your own learn, your own life experiences, learning from them, and understanding what you're going through to how to be a better person. To which then meet a person like you know that you want to connect with. Connection. Okay, now here's where I give you pushback. That was a very coded answer you gave. Okay. Okay. How much do you give the the women their part of the of this problem? Because you listed what? everything but the women as far as the problems of the uh, of the family. Let's go. We can do that. Yeah, women need to get it all the way together. And I'm not saying all, but we know that there's this. I've ran across plenty of of if we want to talk about black women that I'm, I know I'm cool and I'm easy and I get along with anybody anywhere. And I would just come into, I worked at City Hall, majority of black women I'm around, they have terrible attitudes. You know, I don't know what that's about. I've worked at so uh, Richmond Redevelopment Housing, 
placing people in Section 8 and things like that, the people that work with, terrible attitude. I don't know what that's all about because, but it's something I've experienced personally, vast majority. And I don't know, I, I, I can't relate, but I've experienced it from growing up having my kids with these women to working around them and stuff. And then you have a lovely black women, but I, it, it's an issue in the black community where women need to just start taking responsibility for their actions and stop pinning it on everybody else, self-reflect, and let's work on ourselves to be better. And then we can function and, and meet a man when you want to date somebody, you can come in the space of love and not trying to talk about money or uh, what he should be doing for me and all this type of thing like that. Because if you dating a man, um, you should know, if, if you're getting to know somebody, you know what he's bringing to the table based off of conversation because it's called discernment. And you should know vice versa, that a man, he should be talking to the woman and getting to know her and having good discernment if she's a quality woman to be dealing with. It's, people just have to take responsibility for self. And it's not a negative thing. There's nothing negative about that. It's just about learning experiences and what you choose to go through. Now, you, you go and have five kids and you got four baby daddies. That's not the dude's problem. It's your problem. What are you doing? Now you take responsibility of what, you know what I mean? What's going on in your life? Why are you making these decisions? You know, figure it out. Figure out yourself. Understand yourself. But a lot of people come from broken homes and they weren't taught these abilities, which then trickles down and so on and so forth. Um, a great, great answer. Uh, your experience in the, 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 the systems that affect people's families, do you believe that's part of the problem as well? You said the system? Well, as far as your, your different um, uh, employment, um, you, you're, you've seen things boots to the ground and how yeah. these benefits or these programs either hurt or hinder or help uh, certain families. Is, is that part of the problem as well? Or have, be, have people become too reliant upon the government assistance? Well, I mean, right now, considering everything that's going on, you know, people do what they got to do. But prior to that, you know, it's just basically all um, what you want to do. I mean, what do you want to do? I mean, it's, it's really individual. It's up to that person. So if you, if you, if a person is sitting on the system, it's just because they choosing for that for themselves, you know, and that's just what it is. People are choosing it. And some people, um, Maybe it may be complicated. Maybe they've made bad decisions in life later on. It's hindering them, hindering their growth. I mean, it could be anything, you know, anything. I can't even really judge it, but um, I made my choices and I knew I, I was moving around, figuring it out because I knew I didn't, where I didn't want to be. And I'm, I still don't feel like I'm where I should be yet, but what is, what is that anyway? So... Let me ask you this. Are you a 50-50 woman or would you prefer your man to pay 100% of the bills? No, we definitely can split up, make life easy for everybody. You know, he has to survive and live. I want to survive. We want to make sure the house functions well. We want to make sure both of us are feeling comfortable with money. I don't want to stress my man out in no way, fashion, or form. Um, I'm not unrealistic because life happens for everybody. So 
you know, if, you work, if you're working together, finances with your partner, then, you know, that even shouldn't be an issue. That's unrealistic expectations some people have. But then there's men that cater to that type of expectation because they may have it. They can do it. You know, it's all individual basis, but whatever works for whoever. Okay. That's cool. But who gets the final say so if you guys are 50 50? The final say so in what? Well, as far as um, the, the the household decisions that may affect the household. If you're working off a friendship and a relationship, then you both should be able communication should be already be there. <laughs> That's how you got together. So I think the friendship and the communication should already have been established well beyond before you got to that point. So you would already know that you can manage this with that person going into a situation like that. That should already been well established in the beginning. Okay. That sounds nice, but we both know there are situations where it requires someone has to get the final approval, yay or nay. Who, who gets that right? If you're in a 50, 50, what do you mean about, can you give me an example about approval? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let's say finances. If you had to pick, uh, it's, it's either. I don't know, a financial situation, right? That will require you see things your way. He sees things his way. You guys are splitting both the bills 50, 50. Now, if he says, look, God damn it, uh, woman, um, we're not going to do this. And that's it. But mind you, it's 50, 50. Because some women see 50, 50 as a weakness. Like uh, nigga, no, because we pay half. We split this. You, your word is just no more powerful than mine, as opposed to a man that pays a hundred percent of the bills. Oh. So well, that... if push comes to shove, who gets the final call? Who gets the final call on that? Who's the more dominant person in the relationship? I guess whoever do it. I don't know whoever's the dominant person in that type of situation. I don't force. I don't behave that way. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna have to sit down and work this out and reason it out. You gotta reason it out. I mean, relationships is constantly reasoning stuff out. So at some point when you get to a bill where you like, well. I don't want to pay the $150 light bill fully by myself. Well, let's split it half. Well, no, you pay more. And so somebody's going to give in and be like, I'll just pay it. I mean, you may have an argument and an attitude afterwards, but if you couldn't sit there by a friends and, or just like normal adults and work that out, then I don't know. That's just, that's individual basis type of stuff. People got to figure that out. But I don't think that, I don't think that one or the other should even, it should just be easy breezy based off of how you get along with each other. But that's not see the fight. I don't like, I don't know. Cause I don't like to look for fights and unnecessary. Okay. I'm like, all right, whatever you think is cool. You know, I'm just laid back that way. I'm a free spirit laid back. Okay. So I'm not looking to bully anybody in a relationship or command the demand. I'm like easy breezy. Let's, you know what I mean? I'm all about friendship and it's inside of it. So, so I don't know. Would it be safe for me to assume that you naturally assume a submissive position if given the man is has a dominant pres presence and you're like, okay, cool, he can be the rrr, and I'll just be chill, I'll be meow. <laughs> no. I mean <laughs> no meow going on, but I'm cool with being submissive. <laughs> I'm cool with being submissive, but he better he has to be submissive too. 
that's where the balance comes in. It's, everything just has to be a balance. Now, if you're too far to the right or too far to the left, then yeah, you're going to have turbulence going on. And I know ain't nothing perfect, but, you know, eventually people figure it out. I mean, ain't got no choice. What are you going to do? Okay. You're already together. Would you date a man that's old school, 100% pay all the bills, like you move in with me and, you know... I want you to help run my household, but at the end of the day, what I say goes, and you don't have to worry about anything. Would you do that? Um, depends on the type of person he is. You know, like if, you know, like the type of relationship we have based off of me and him and our connection, that's me. That's where I'm coming from. I don't get into superficial situations. I don't want anybody barking at me because I've met men with this and that things don't really move me at all houses and cars those are things people are supposed to have you're an adult but you know what i mean when you come trying to be using that as a power trip it's not going to probably work out for me personally to be with someone like that because i don't even like things like that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you are good Girl, you bobbed and weaved the hell. You Philly shell game that went really, really good. What? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you, I am so not the person that do these things these women do. I am not that person at all. I just don't. I mean, it's, it's easy to be just easy breezy. What do you want to do? All right. you want If it works out, all right, well, next time it's my go. You know, I'm telling you, but I've been by myself for a while, so I can sit back. And me and mind we ha we go through things but let me tell you what we do we sit down and we talk it out every time okay so you're all for diplomacy and being a peacemaker as much as possible and in same the same as he though always come in peace waving the white flag don't want no smoke who wants to be constantly battling with somebody that you're with that don't make sense Okay, so you prefer a more even-keeled guy as opposed to, okay. Demanding and commanding all this crazy stuff. Whatever works, you know, and because I already know the person that I'm choosing, he's going to be strong within his right anyway. And so however he handles things and he's coming, I don't like selfish people, so I would never end up with somebody selfish or looking for me to do everything because I would never settle for a cat like that. No way. So... You know, this person coming along in my space got to move the correct way. Have you always been this way in your relationships or you had to learn to be this I learned chip? this way. Okay. I learned it over time. I learned it. I went through a lot of figuring out me. <laughs> Woo, boy, I almost did somebody look like Forrest Whitaker. Okay, so we figure it out and that takes time. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know <laughs> He had a beautiful soul, right? That's all that matters. Did he have a beautiful soul? I don't know. That was some years ago, but you meet all kinds of characters out here trying to figure out life, and then when you realize you're not supposed to be out here choosing anybody, and you have to be right within yourself to even be on a path of connecting with somebody. You got to be right within yourself. So I just move, you know, correctly. And you know what I mean? I hopefully, you know, this is it. So off the rip, you operate off of energies and not so much the physical aspect of a, of a man. Yes, definitely. Yes. And has that worked out the best for you? 
I mean, so far, but again, I've been such an introvert, you know, as I was learning myself going through these years and I become such an introvert, you know, I, now I understand how to deal with adult men and having adult conversations and understanding more energetic type of, you know, um, you know, just understanding uh, energy is big for me and what someone brings around me. That's just really big for me. So, yeah. Okay. We're 30 minutes in and I kind of want to get to the, the big, the big question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Now there's YouTube versions of life. And then what we have is real life, right? Yeah. And, um, I remember during the phone when you called then you spoke on the colorism issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did talk about that. So I, I want to get your perspective on colorism. What is it to you? How did it affect you? And, and then as what and then as opposed to what you see online, the version of colorism. Okay, go. <laughs> colorism. Um, what I've seen growing up, um, you do notice, and I thought about after we talked about that, I did notice like even with my sister, there are like from her dad's side, and how I mean I'm lighter, but she's lighter than me. And you 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 notice that the lighter child would get chosen more. You know, I've, I've seen it, but only not in my actual household, not in my actual immediate family, but just going off the side family and things. And then, like I said, I've only experienced it through conversation with people that experienced it, per se. I, like, I really didn't feel that growing up. So I can't, I, there's nothing to really relate to for me, but I relate to it when I have conversations with women that are darker complected and the stuff they've experienced within their families and ne never realizing that was a big thing until now I really realize it super now even with dating when when it was with dating with men like darker men they love light-skinned men men of other countries that are darker love light-skinned women I mean like it's a real thing that you have people actually bleaching their skin to be lighter it is a thing it is huge it is a big deal and it is trained for some people to do it in their cultures so that's now I, i've really learned a lot about it recently honestly so that's just it, it's a real big thing and if people want to be seen and they feel like darker is not you know attractive i guess so. I, I i remember years ago women used to blame the men for uh pushing the colorism narrative because and all their forms of media, when they had me control of media, it would be light-skinned women, curly hair, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. I think that's an old dead argument at this point. Would, would it be fair to say that women push it far more than men ever did nowadays? Yeah, yeah, of course, because women of all shapes, size, colors, uh, every, everybody's being seen now of all colors. And I mean, especially melanated women are definitely highlighted and the world can see how beautiful black women are. You know, people just use that, that the ghetto narrative when it comes to black women, when there's all these great black women out here that um, are, are doing great things. But the, the women, the black women that are um, coming from certain areas in life and go, have been through 
stuff and they've had kids and now they big and they're the product of that. That's all you see on social media is those ones that everybody's talking about. But what about those black women? And those, it's just boxes. And, but people are choosing to point this one box and then everybody gets affected by that one box. It's the same as all white people. Like, are they all racist? No, but this, the narrative still runs that way. So I think that that narrative over black women and being, you know, always twerking or um, loud and all that kind of stuff. No, all black women are not like that. And I think that's just foolish for people to really think millions of black women behave that way because that's what social media has highlighted. Have black people become preconditioned or predisposed to favor the light skin over over the over the naturally dark skin. Yeah, I, I I really believe that. Yeah, I think that's definitely been conditioned in uh, families and life. Yep. Is that a natural order of life now, per se? I mean, maybe the narrative is changing because of now everybody's highlighting all types of black women and, and things, but I, it's still there because it's, it's been in, uh, embedded for so long. It's still there. I mean, that light skin, if there's one baby come, some, like one sister have a baby, another one, if the one's darker and the one's lighter, for sure the light one's going to get chosen in some household, not all. I'm not going to say that, but in some households, people are going to rear to the little pretty light skin baby when that's a beautiful black baby right there. But I said some household, not all, though. but it's still there. What do you say to uh, people that purposely would try to create a lighter complected baby to face, uh, to make their struggles in life a little less? Is that, is that a legitimate argument? Yeah, people do that, of course, because if they were raised or they grew up around people that were very critical of how they look, of course, when they have children, they're going to go for um, consciously, she's not going to tell nobody she's doing that, but she's going to go for, you know, the lighter man or another race type of dude, just so that their child, the child can, you know, look nice or mixed or whatever. But do you give people a pass that think like that? Is that like, is that like, you know what, it, that, it's fucked up, but okay, I get it. When you come from a, um, from a point of being, um, as a child, because you know, people are really affected in their childhood, you know, and stuff and experiences. So yeah, that would affect them coming up as an adult and they don't want their child to feel like that. So yeah, that's probably, you know, to some degree, you know, I can't judge it, you know, because they went through it and we probably never experienced somebody running down on us because of our color of our skin, which is the stupidest thing ever, but people literally do it and it hurts. So, yeah, they grow up with that. Your time in, in North Carolina, are you seeing anything close to that or everyone's pretty much a melting pot and everybody accepts everybody for what they look like? Well, and I, I have seen a lot of interracial relationships out here with, you know, white men, black men, and vice versa. I've seen a lot of that in, out here, which... It doesn't shock me, but it kind of, you know, just was like, oh, I didn't know, you know, North Carolina was really with that. But yeah, it's a lot of interracial relationships out here, which is fine for them. Okay. What, what if your sons came to you and be like, yo, ma, I got a Becky and uh, 
up, Becky. That's correct. Or, or Ling Ling or Marisol. You don't care because you the. Mm-mm. Okay. It don't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Okay, but here's my here's what I'm proposing. Should the parents should the matriarch go back to the old school way of thinking? Like, if she she can't comb, she can't use your comb, right? It, are, are we accepting the lightning of our people, or should we go back to the old ways and be like, look, only a certain phenotype you're allowed to procreate with? Because Arabs do it, Asians do it for the most part, right? Everybody else is like, no, I we. Mean, I preferably stay with my own. Yeah, my okay. preferences my own you know so i get it you know i just don't want to be putting so much judgment over their life about who they choose but they typically choose my boys have i mean they've had they did had a white girl before you know like both of mine or spanish or but the my oldest son he's married to a black woman my youngest one he's with a black woman you know my middle one's just incarcerated so i don't know what he's got going on but he, um, you know, he typically dates black women, but he has had Spanish and white because he is a lot of women. But yeah, I don't. So I'm there's not a little bit, a little bit of party. You'd be like, okay, good, yeah, yeah. No, I don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. we're solid as brown people. There's okay, okay. Um, <laughs> in in your eyes, who's more of a colorist? Light-skinned women or dark-skinned women? It can be both because you just never know what's holding in somebody's head. You never know. Me, I've never my one of you know one of my bestest best sisters is part African, beautiful, melanated, and and bad. So I've never even thought about stuff like that. Like that was never even my mind frame. Like my nephew's chocolate, and I'm you know what I mean. Like in love with this kid, so. And I wanted my kids to be dark, but they just all came out brown. I, I don't have no issues. I don't see the issue with dark skin, though. I've always liked really dark men. That, you know what I mean? I was a little brown or whatever, but I just like dark, dark men, you know? So I don't know. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to get into a little, little bit of politics. Um, I take it you vote. Oh, yeah. No. You don't vote? No. Okay. That's good. okay. Well, tell me why. Because everybody's all the same. You know, it's just all fun and games to watch all the foolishness go on. But they all, it's all one and the same. You know, it's just how they spin it to everybody on the news and, um, you know, to create division and, you know, stuff going on and things like that. I don't know. I don't get involved in all of that. I have never voted. And I did Obama's election at City Hall and I didn't even vote working on booths. I used to do all that. Okay, I so never, I didn't even vote. For you to say that, given your experience, is like, I'm like, I, it's like, wow, like, really? So you you see how it is, grassroots level from the local all the way up to federal government, and you still don't partake in it. No, because it's all a game. It's not really. It's not really real. I mean. It just goes far and deep if you want to go into all these politics. And I stay away from all of that type of stuff. Really, okay. I mean, I'm tuned in, trust. But, you know, I just stay away because I already know what's going on. You know, it's trickery at its best and at its finest. That's all. Wow. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting that answer, to be honest with you. That kind of threw me really? for I wasn't expecting that. What? 
Yeah, yeah, that threw me off. But that's cool though. No, that's cool. No, no, that, that, that's good. That, no, that's cool. So there are no aspects that, so you just take it as it comes, no matter who's in, in whatever office and whatever level of, of government. Yeah, just watch it all. I just watch it all. Okay. Okay. Interesting. 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 Okay. People take it very serious. So no diss to whoever's doing it. You know, they want to feel like they're doing their civil duties. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because when we was counting those votes in City Hall at midnight, they had announced him being a president and it was boatloads of votes still coming in. And, and this was midnight and they police escorting these votes in. And they hadn't still finished counting. They were literally still counting, like literally still counting when they um, said he was the president on the TV. And I was downtown at City Hall and watched it. I was like, oh, well, what are all these votes for? So, you know, there you have it. Wow. Hey guys. That's crazy. Yeah, that was still counting when he, um, that's when I already, I had already knew. You know, I mean, that was my confirmation at that time, mm -hmm. you know, all the years ago. That was my, really more my confirmation working it. So I, I was like, oh, okay. So it's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The yeah. plot thickens. It was still coming in yeah. because one of the ladies, her son, he was military and he would go to the schools and get all the votes. And they was, and he walked in with the police officers, bringing in the votes. And then they had, I looked at the TV and they announced him as the president. I think based off of something else, but those votes was literally still walking to the door. Um, you, you, you watch YouTube like the rest of us. Yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on, um, YouTube relationships or their view on relationships? Are they delusional, batshit crazy? Do they have part of it right? Or, or what, how crazy do they look to you? YouTube relationships? Well, I really like watching some of them, depending on, you know, what they bring to the table. You know, I like people that's really more spiritually inclined, but, you know, bring entertainment. I mean, it's on them to expose some of their life. You know, it's just a portion of their life that they're exposing themselves to us. But it just depends on who you're tuning into, you know, what you're watching, what you're intaking. But some people may be doing it for YouTube and where their relationship out doing, exposing too much. Or some people got a handle on it and know just, you know, just to do it just enough in a certain amount or whatever. So it just depends on the person. What are you trying to get out of whatever you're doing? What are you getting out of it? Okay. Outside of the spiritual element, as far as what you've seen on YouTube, who is more delusional? YouTube men or YouTube women? When you speak about that, like YouTube, like if I'm watching somebody vlog or something like that. Like I mean, as far as, uh, <laughs> I mean, like dating relationship, um, uh, relationship critiques, like both sides are giving their opinions or yeah. who, who, who's more fucked up just off of you looking at it, both sides, you're like, who 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 has it wrong like like really who's really messed up i see some of the uh newer younger guys mm -hmm. i think they're 
you know, uh, got things skewed. But this is based off of their era, too, mm-hmm. you know. So they're just going off of the main stuff they see. Um, but that's not always the case. But like I said, it's not what you, you know, it's not how you look at it. It's what you see, you know, vice versa, whatever. But um, I think that it's the guys um, seeing things wrong when it comes to women. Because, again, it goes back to all the black black women in the ghetto and they twerking and they got a bunch of babies. You know what I mean? That narrative. And I'm like, there's tons of black women out here that are, you know, no, you know, nice people, nice ladies out here, you know, that are being completely overlooked because of the narrative of that particular thing that everybody's talking about. That's not the only thing. That's not the only, you know, type of woman. So why is everybody there? <laughs> do you believe they're genuine in their uh, critiques and assessment of each other's gender? Probably based off what they're surrounding themselves with. Yeah. So if that's the type of people you see or surround yourself with, and those are your experiences, it could be, yeah, very much um, genuine. Okay. Um, The talks you've had with your sons regarding women, you've had those talks of, of what type of women to look out for. Did you have to have those talks? A long time. But my middle son, I'm not going to add him into it. And I, what I got is they didn't listen. They didn't listen at all. Okay. And I talked to my kids, but they didn't listen. They did their own thing. That's what I do know. Nobody listened. And I talked to them. Even their friends that were close to them, I talked to them. And they would say that. They just do what they want to do. Because, Mom, you talked to us about everything. So, no, ultimately, they did what they wanted to do. Interesting. So yeah, it, that's it, what mine did because I definitely talked to my kids. Okay, so are should parents still? Uh, I mean, even though they're going to tune us out like Charlie Brown, still talk to your kids about? Still, of course, you got to give them something because even my son, the, even when he's in, the one that's incarcerated, he's smart. He just had you know lost his pay, so this is his journey. But when me and him talk on the phone, and he'll say, "Mom." You know, I remember you told me I could do this, too. I remember you telling me that. And that was true, too. You know, so it's their own epiphanies of when they, you know what I mean, um, hit these points where they like, ah, you know, I know, I remember that. But ultimately, the energy was big, is big out here with, with the kids being with music and all that kind of stuff. It kind of takes them away in their thought process. And some are a little bit more stable. And some are a little bit more for the energy, the hype, and all that kind of stuff. Just depending on the child. Okay. Um, final final topic. Um, what is it about Jamaica to you that you love so much? <laughs> like the I people, the well, culture. I when I first went there, it, it just felt it just gave me a different feeling, and I wasn't on no tourist. Uh, you know, like the resorts and then I was like inside enjoying Jamaica from one parish to the next the mountains, you know, I was just taking in the hills. Yeah. It was just the experience and it just felt like a second home to me. And I don't look at time when I'm over there. It's just like, I'm just living. Just it, it gives me a really peaceful feeling when I'm there. That's why I love it so much. And when do you plan on going back? July. Oh, okay. Yeah. Church. I didn't have, you know, I had the answer ready. for. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm going in July. Booked already. Ready to go. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I've had you on for an hour. Um, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to torture you any more than 
but I have already have. Um, I tried. I hope I didn't offend anybody. No, no, nah, nah, you're good. <laughs> Before I let you go, um, what it, what is your core belief? At the end of the day, what is it that you hold near and dear? What is it that you that you go out and promote? At the end of the day, that that is for you. That's important to you. Um, taking care of yourself, uh, self-care. Um, this time is really important since there's so many things changing. People not really understanding what's happening in life. And so I always promote self-care. I do it for myself. I will tell anybody whatever it means for you, you know, to do it, to take care of your mind first. You know what I mean? Take care of your physical you know, slow steps and just stay focused one foot in front of the other. That's me every day. That's so nice. No, it's true. I live what I say. I don't just say things just to say them. Well, because what, I went what, through all, all the rough stuff when I was young. So I made an effort, a strong effort to, to live a certain way as I get older. This is just strictly me being conscious of where I'm going and what I'm doing. And it'll always work out how I want to, but eventually I get there. So. Okay. I'm just telling you, like, I had to focus on it. Not not to give me all your business, but when roughly did you come to that moment? You said, you know what, I got to, I got to take care of what I'm whatever's in my head or in my in my heart. What was that exact moment for you? That moment you it the light came on or whatever the case may be. When I just realized things wasn't you know, like when you're kids and you see like people that are like when it came to the children and their families and how people were moving around. It was just so just such dark energy. It wasn't coming from a place of love. And I just wanted to get away from all that in the midst of still trying to figure out myself being young and wasn't raised with um, innately. My family is a beautiful family. But then you, we had that rough patch section, which I came out of. So I had to figure out myself coming from those spaces. So it was like different things happening. So that's why I said I had to focus on my peace of mind. And I live by that still to this day. Everybody knows that about me. I'm a true introvert, but I love, I just love it. That's awesome. Where can everybody find you so they can blow up your DMs? <laughs> blow me up. <laughs> Miss Mia, N-I-A. Hold on, what is it? M-I-S-S-N-I-A-J on Instagram. Awesome. Well, dear, I, I want to thank you for your time and energy. Uh, don't let this be the last time. I want to bring you back uh, for more. Of course. Convo. I mean, I was nervous because I don't like to be talking to people too much. You know, I like to be in the background of everything, but you drew me out today and I'm, I'm here. I love you guys <laughs> in the chat. I'm sorry I couldn't talk to y'all. But I, it was fun, and I like giving my little opinions, you know, like everybody has one. So, you know, it's just life. I'm going to be back. Well, yeah, you're like an OG in the chat, so, you know, people come, when you come through, like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, yeah, it's her, it's her, yeah, yeah, everybody pay homage. <laughs> That's why I love it. That's why I love it, because we come, you know, I come in peace and love with, for everybody, okay? My cousin's here. Oh, my cousin, Sydney Trace, she's in the chat right there. That's my cousin right there. Hey, Sid. Say hi, Sid, everybody. That's my cousin. I didn't even know she was subscribed to you either. That's, that's yeah, what's so up. So you didn't know you had me pegged to be some 
Timberland boot kicking around people. Hey, you know what? After that, you told that story where you just... <laughs> I was like, yeah. You talking about when I was in the robbery with my brother? Yes, I was young. I was like, what, about 13, 14, about 13, 14. And they came in to put the gun to that. I mean, I went through a real live situation. So, you know, we lived it. Well, I was around it. I was involved a tad bit, but... You know, it was a real life event. I went from this to having a white lifestyle, then to the hood lifestyle. You know, what I mean, it was just about I had a balance of every way, every way of life, the ups and the downs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you got some edge to you. I don't think I don't I don't know not too many guys that that kind of wouldn't want a woman that's that's had some kind of edge, right? Yeah, type, you know, tab of the spice, edge. yeah. yeah. A little bit too much edge, but huh. I've learned those experiences are not supposed to become who you are, but you learn them, you learn yourself through it. So, I'm a tough, I mean, I'm a no nonsense type of person, but I'm not, I'm not violent too. I'm not gonna go hit anybody, like, no, you don't want nobody hitting me, hit anybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I was been like 30 years since you stomped somebody out, I'm sure. Yes, that is that. Long ago, okay. No, uh, long ago. Final question before I let you go: Are you fearful, or do you have hope for the future for for Black people, and mainly the Black youth I moving forward? Do have hope for Black people because we are all waking up. You know, and those who are going to get it are going to get it, and those that don't, you know, God bless you. But you know, it is what it is because everybody's not going to be saved. So those who are supposed to understand the move, they will. All right, everybody. That's OG Miss Nia. Um, once again, thank you. I'm humbled as <laughs> as always. So no, yeah, um, everybody. Yeah, DM is going to be on fire. You're welcome. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that. <laughs> I'm All right, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Peace.